0: or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Chris Vasiliadis is the author of Ignition, a professional woman's guide to energized, burnt-out-proof living. Chris believes that prioritizing your well-being is a secret weapon to being engaged in and successfully leading and managing your life. You can learn to proactively and intentionally energize your health, revitalize your resilience, and put systems of sanity into place to effectively enjoy life, While handling all of its responsibilities, stressors, and adversities. In her current role as owner of Priority Wellness, Chris specializes in working with professional women from self employed coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs to small business owners and corporate leaders. We're so thrilled to have you with us today, Chris. How are you?
1: Ed, thank you so much for having me, and I'm thrilled to be here today.
0: I read a little bit of your bio, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about how you're currently interacting in the marketplace.
1: Sure. So these days, I am, I call myself a burnout buster, and speaker and author. So I work primarily in helping folks who feel overstressed, overwhelmed, overburdened by their current life's demands. And they are kind of struggling with how they're basically running their day to day lives, they figure they feel like the way they're running things isn't effective, and or it's exhausting them. And they want to change things, but they don't know how to change things around and improve. So I work with, yes, women are my specialty, but I work with individuals and teams, which can be a mix of women and men to help them turn things around when they're feeling that way. And like you mentioned, the systems of sanity, the big thing I do with them is to help them create systems of sanity so they can basically run their days without running themselves into the ground. And I do that through a combination of coaching, training, and speaking.
0: Well, people who think their lives are out of whack and need help trying to figure it out, isn't that all of us?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I get that response a lot. And yes, that it is very common. And there's some people who kind of throw up their hands and say, well, that's just the way life is, or think that nothing can be done about it. And folks that I work with are like, enough. I know that there must be a better way and I'm ready to figure out a better way of doing things.
0: Well, that is an interesting dichotomy because also as a coach, I work with people who in some cases finally raise their hand to say, hey, something isn't working or I could be doing better. But Prior to that, they never raised their hand. And you know I'm not sure if it's because they just think that's the way it always is and there's no other better way to do it, or if they have too many things going on and they just don't have the time and energy to try to solve it. But it's a really interesting perspective to take because some people experience the glass half empty and think that's the best it's going to be.
1: Right. We have a lot of role models, particularly in, in women, who run around like chickens with their heads cut off and think well that's the definition of success because that's that's what i'm seeing other people doing like if if, const- if you're constantly busy that's a good thing and if your schedule's jam packed that's a good thing and i'm kind of on a mission to turn things around and create different role models of people who are running their lives in a way that is not compromising their health and that isn't exhausting them and making that more the norm versus the other way of behaving. So it's a lot of it is creating awareness around what is, just because that's a common thing that you see out there, that doesn't mean that it's normal. So I'm trying to change what what normal can look like in the workplace today.
0: Well, that is a very common perspective. I would say most of the people I interact with correlate busyness with effectiveness and they just believe the busier they are and the crazier things are the more effective they are and maybe effective is not the best word but more active they are in their company or in their role and they worry that if they have too little to do or at least enough that any one person can do that they're not effective or contributing and so they just always say yes that's another issue i think many leaders deal with right is this inability to say no or not now or later, but they all say yes, 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 and take on too much.
1: So true. Especially the top performers will tend to keep on taking on more and more and more and they and they get it done. And yes, there's a lot of people who think busy equals productive and that's a good thing. And it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, you can be productive without burning the candle at both ends. And it's are you doing are you working on the right things are you doing them in the most efficient way are you simplifying are you and i often say we're we're human beings not human doings we're not robots we need to find ways to fuel us consistently so we can bring our best fuel our bodies fuel our brain and give ourselves breaks so and it's okay to do that i think a lot of people are reticent to do that because it, they think it's, they perceive it as a sign of weakness. Oh, if I need to take a break, um, that means I can't handle it. And, and that means um, I'm, I'm weak and I'm not strong. And, it, you know, there's perfectionist tendencies there. There's people pleasing tendencies there. But again, it's kind of turning those perceptions around and making people aware that it is okay to take breaks. In fact, you're going to function better if you periodically Give yourselves breaks so you can renew and refresh your energy.
0: Well, I think another reason that people say yes all the time is to stay, quote unquote, ahead of the competition. And there are people who worry that if they say no or aren't crazy busy that someone else is going to be doing it and that person might get greater visibility. I think that's true for business professionals and also for business owners that work crazy hours and, you know, 23 out of 24 hours a day because they want to stay ahead of the competition. And they worry if they say no or not now that the competition is going to creep ahead of them.
1: Yeah. Worrying can get the best of us sometimes. And a lot of times the things we worry about don't come to fruition. So it's, it's how do we be smart about how we use our time and energy, and be proactive in a way that both forwards our business, but also forwards our well-being and doesn't compromise it. You know, if we work late once in a while, you know, that's one thing. It's when it becomes chronic and constant and our modus operandi of doing, we can only handle so much. We don't. We we need again to find ways to renew ourselves because you're ultimately going to burn yourself out if you don't.
0: Well, and it seems like most people raise their hand when they get to a breaking point. I'm not saying that's everyone, but it seems as though they survive in this mode you know, until at some point, either due to health or some other kind of change or issue in their life that they say, I can't keep doing this or, you know, this is killing me, etc. In your experience and working with the people you've worked with, are people proactive and say, Hey, I'm feeling this and I don't want to get there. Or are they reactive and saying, I can't keep doing this?
1: Yeah, both, all of the above. <laughs> it's, uh, I think for, for the folks who ultimately come to work with me, they're in the latter camp of, uh, you know, I, I can't keep this up. I, I need to turn things around. Um, they might've had a visit to the doctor's office that, kind of gave them a scare they might have had a health scare for example and that could be their wake-up call or they're just beyond exhausted and so that's their their sign to change or they are close to someone who also was overworking themselves and was suffering as a result of that and and they're, they're tired of suffering themselves. So it, it's kind of like they say, uncle, enough. I, I, I want to be able to turn things around. There's got to be a better way. But I just can't see my way out of it in all, in all the busyness that I'm in.
0: Well, part of it might be due to uh, how we are trained in this arena and what we see in the movies. Because in the movies, uh, you always see somebody who works 23 out of 24 hours a day. And there's some type of relationship issue that is impacted because the significant other just can't continue to survive in this type of relationship. And that's the you know the thrust of the movie, right? Is that the a relationship is falling apart and that's when they reach out for health. The second one, which I think you're dead on, is a health issue, right? That they experience some type of health trauma and decide that the life that they're living is just too much. So unfortunately, the way that we operate today, it seems like it's some type of significant Health or relationship issue that causes us to do something about it.
1: It could be any one of those things. It could also be a performance issue at work. You might start forgetting deadlines. You might uh, or um, missing appointments or forgetting something someone told you or just not being as on or being more short tempered in work. Um, so there are ways that it affects your work performance as well. And so any one of those things can and kind of be a wake up call or um, listening to a podcast like this and hearing that, OK, there's there's another way we can function. We don't have to continue this norm of burning the candle at both ends.
0: Well, I would love to hear somebody say, you know, I was burning the candle at both ends. And then I heard this podcast called Be Brave at Work (laughs) with Ed and Chris, and it changed my life. (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) So bravery at work is, I think, as you were talking, uh, as you were introducing yourself, you know, bravery at work, I think, is another stressor that can exist or the absence of bravery, right, that you're in some type of work relationship, or there's something happening at work, Uh, behaviorally, that's causing you significant stress, and you don't know what to do about it, or how to operate, you know, when you work with these business professionals, you work with Chris, uh, you know, does the topic of something that I'm experiencing that is not good come up a lot?
1: It comes up in a variety of different ways, I would say. And the not good, I would say around burnout could either be uh, a lot of people have a misconception of well it's the individual's problem in in terms of how they're organizing their day that they're burning out well that could be a part of it but it could could also be the culture what what's what's expected what what's communicated uh, verbally and non-verbally uh, what what behaviors are modeled are, are is leadership demonstrating what well-being looks like. Are they doing things as simple as taking a break for lunch or, or doing walking meetings or getting outside during the day? Are they signing off at a reasonable time during the day, for example? So if it depends on what the climate is like. If people, I find, if people feel safe enough to kind of raise their hand and say, hey, you know, I, I need some help, and I, I'm looking for ways to offload, redelegate, Better, better organize my day so I can be more productive and, and perform at my best.
0: Well, we have talked a lot on this podcast about the concept of psychological safety, which is the owner or the leader creating an environment where saying what you just said is okay to say. I think a lot of people don't say it because they're afraid that it won't go over well or uh, that they're career is going to end, right? If they ever say, I, I, I'm really overwhelmed or I've got too much to do, they're afraid their boss is going to say, oh, well, step out then and we'll find someone who can do it all if it's not you. Um, but, you know, that's that need to have a psychologically safe environment, I think, is a significant part of the equation. If you work in an organization where you do not feel psychologically safe, if you feel you're going to be judged or belittled because you have something to say that's impacting you or that you're experiencing, your likelihood of saying it is diminished. And going back to my original point with you, you know, I think that's what leads for, for some people to create a very stressful environment.
1: Oh, it's so true. And yeah, the psychological safety piece is, is absolutely critical in terms of feeling like people have an opening that they can either raise their hand and say, you know, I'm drowning here, and or even give feedback on, gee, have you thought about doing this this way instead? Uh, Is leadership open to feedback in terms of a, a new and different way of doing things that can help people's performance? Ideally, everybody should be working collectively to enable the best performance of everyone. And that includes taking into account people's well-being in the process.
0: Well, it is interesting in us having this conversation. I recently had a conference call with a client and another vendor, and the other vendor and I were attempting to encourage our client to say something to my client's boss about an observation my client had of uh, my client's boss and another leader. And you would have thought we were Asking this client to solve cancer in two minutes. It was a highly stressful perspective for this client. And this client didn't know what to say, how to say it, when to say it. And, you know, it was tough. This is tough stuff to ask people to speak up or say something in an environment that is not psychologically safe, that you think you will be judged or you will be belittled or to some degree actually humiliated by other people really diminishes your likelihood of saying something. And I just, you know, going back to the work that you're doing and how you spend time with clients is a significant creator of stressors in the workplace. Uh, You know, whenever I talk with a client, I would say, and I'm, I'm, I've not studied this, but I'm just doing a, a, a a knee jerk kind of analysis here. You know, I would say 85 to 90% of them have a challenging relationship at work that's influencing their ability to be successful.
1: Yeah, and I'm so glad you underscored your observation because it, it can be a really big deal. I think people don't aren't always aware of the influence on relationships at work and how they're either helping or hindering people's performance. So it's it's very whether folks are listening or in a leadership role or in a team player role, it's very important to be aware of that sort of dynamic and look at what you're bringing to the relationship, uh, communication-wise, observation-wise, and how how you can help cultivate that so you're meeting the overall objectives of the company and yourself as a contributor. How can you be your best? And to me, that's the perspective for people to come with is yeah you know, I'm I'm here tr- looking to be my best here and for me to do that here's what I need.
0: Well I love that you shared that Chris and I think that's a great lesson for our listeners that I am a big believer that change starts with yourself and that if you're experiencing something or seeing something or feeling something you have a in some ways an obligation to say something to someone about what you're observing and experiencing it because uh you know, nobody knows you better than you. And if this is something that could be done a little bit differently or a little bit better, you should say something. I think that's also a great way in some aspects to relieve stress, you know, get it out of your head and tell somebody, even if it's in confidence with somebody that you're practicing, like a family member or, you know, an door neighbor to say, hey, I'm experiencing something at work. Can I just share it with you? And maybe by sharing it with you, it'll become clearer to me as to how I need to say what I need to say.
1: So it's so key. And I think it's also really important to role play that in the examples that you brought up there, you could role play it, like you said, with a neighbor or with someone you live with, with someone else at work, perhaps, or, or someone who's not even involved in the whole situation, some objective third party. So you could role play what you're going to say, it helps you think out loud. And you can decide on What's what's the best timing for this? And, and, you know, and we're all working in this situation now where we're either working from home, we're hybrid, we're in the office. You know, what, what's the best time and place for this interaction that I want to have and who needs to be a part of that conversation? And what do I and what am I looking to happen as a result of it. Um, so, so to get really clear on what your intention is for the discussion, what are you looking to ha- happen? Um, and also remember to use a lot of I statements in, in what you're conveying.
0: Well, I think getting clarity around what the outcome is you're looking for is super important because oftentimes people feel as though you're saying something to them to be judgmental, or that you're hitting them across the head with the proverbial two-by-four. And that, that wasn't your intent, right? That you were talking from a place of caring and uh, information, not from a place of judging and assessing. And I think because people worry that that's how they're going to be perceived, that's one of the reasons why they never say anything. And in fact, oftentimes, they end up doing something more dramatic, like leaving the company or finding another job than simply saying something to somebody that might be helpful to them. Chris, what other idea? How about one more idea? You shared an upper today, you know, I think I statements are incredibly important. I think having a role model that you can practice with is incredibly important. Uh, you know, these are all great ideas that we're sharing with our listeners. One, you know, what's one other thing somebody could do to kind of grab hold of this stress, if that's the right uh, metaphor, and be braver at work, or at least think about how to be braver at work?
1: Yeah, I think uh, for me, a lot of times, Ed, it comes down to being present with what is. We can get caught up in the swirl of drama and the chaos of what's going on outside and think about the, the what ifs of, if I say this, well, what if this might happen? Or um, worrying about wishing things were the way they were in the past and instead looking at, well, what's what's fact right now? What what are the facts? What's here right now? And It can be helpful to get present before you have this conversation too. And and getting present can be as simple as just feeling the sensations in your feet and in your hands. Um, If you you do nothing and just sit and kind of bring your hands up in front of your face, you'll feel sensations in your hands. Um, I often say to people, what if you couldn't move your hands after you put your hands up in front of your face? How do you know that they're there? Will you feel sensations in them? And that can be a way to get present. And so and being present before we um, convey how we're feeling can also be a really helpful technique because, and I, I like the definition that John Kabat-Zinn uses for that. It's It's a sense of awareness where you are paying attention in a particular way on purpose in the present moment and without judgment. So especially if there's someone who you feel like you have a tough relationship with, what if you could enter that conversation with, and you had no history about that person and you just come sharing what what's on your heart and coming from a place of you're you're trying to do good for yourself and for the company as a whole. That can be really helpful to bring that context in the conversation that you're having.
0: Well, I love that concept of context and making sure that you're remembering that if you are sharing something with somebody or providing them feedback, that you're coming from a place of caring and helpfulness and not really judgment and assessment. So I think that's another great lesson for our listeners, Chris. It's been fantastic speaking with you today and continued success in all the work that you're doing with business professionals around the globe? Do you have ways that folks can get in touch with you if they want to talk more about the work you're doing or your thoughts about bravery at work?
1: Absolutely, Ed. Uh, The best way for folks to get in touch with me is via my website, which is prioritywellness.com. That would be the best way
0: to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Well, Chris, thanks again for spending time with us today. It was great speaking with you.
1: Thank you so much, Ed.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963.